Welcome, everybody, to the only podcast that dares to say talking about John Maxley's contract this far out is dumb. Uh, why are we talking about it? It's it's like seems to be one of the biggest discussions on Facebook or ugh, on the Internet. I don't use Facebook for wrestling stuff. I use Twitter like a real man. No, uh, it's fine if you use Facebook. I don't really care. Uh, but <laughs> why are we talking about it? It's it's dumb as hell. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen. That's that's all I got for you there. Uh, but hey, I'm your host, Robbie DeShazer. Thank you guys so much for tuning into episode two. And thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your support, everything like that. I'm so excited to be doing this uh, with all of you guys. And uh, just I'm excited to go on this journey together. So we're doing episode two. And this is going to be a lot more like what our episodes will be like from now on. We're going to record them on Tuesday afternoon so they can come out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, somewhere in there. And uh, that'll be kind of the the schedule for the moment. Uh, personal updates. I do want to give a shout out to Rootless Coffee Company uh, for their Danhausen collaboration, Danhausen Coffeehausen. Uh I resisted for a while. I wasn't going to buy cheap gimmick coffee from Danhausen, but I got to give him his monies. He deserves them. Love that Danhausen. Very nice, very evil. Uh, and it's a fantastic coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, uh, go ahead and do it. Make yourself a cup. Uh, really, really good. Just really enjoyed it. A little splash of oat milk. A little bit of uh, sweet and low is what I use. Uh, but... Fantastic. Just really, really, really enjoyed it. Want to say shout out to Rootless. They're doing some fantastic stuff. And uh, shout out to Danhausen for having some good taste, apparently. Uh, but let's get into wrestling news. It is Cody Rhodes on Raw week two. And I promise we're not going to talk about Cody Rhodes every single week, but he is still the biggest news in sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you want to say. Uh, because it's still weird to see Cody in a WWE ring. Uh, even if you are not a longtime fan, if you don't know the full lore, if you weren't there for the Impact ROH New Japan Pro Wrestling days of Cody Rhodes, if you're just, you know, if you came in back to it with AEW, it's it's strange to see Cody Rhodes walking into a WWE ring, much less blonde Cody Rhodes with the neck tattoo coming out to his theme song that's his. It's strange. That being said, I love his presentation. I'm really, really enjoying it. I think they're doing a great job keeping that theme song. His new pyro feels distinct, but also familiar, if that makes sense. It's definitely a WWE presentation on that entrance, but it is that same kind of treatment he was getting in AEW. Uh, I love the new, we're going to get rid of the Cody Vader, uh, the new pop on 
you know, around that entrance door, whatever you want. It's not a curtain at the WWE shows. It looks really good. And then I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. We are now certain that The Miz is not Cody's first feud. He was just his first match. Gave him another promo segment with that Miz TV. But I do want to talk about that Miz TV segment was excellent. I really like how they're positioning Cody as an outsider maverick babyface against these heel company guys like Miz and Seth Rollins. Uh, It just works really, really well. I think it's exactly what they need to do if they're going to try and get those lapsed WWE fans in the door with Cody. If you're, you know, they're not going after the hardcores. Like let's, let's get that out of the way. They're not going after the hardcore, never WWE guys. They're going after the ones that fell off the wagon. Uh, AEW brought them back in and maybe they're willing to give WWE another chance because of it. And it works. Let him say wrestlers, let him say belt and have him be corrected by the biggest company guy, The Miz. The only guy who's more of a company guy than him is Seth Rollins, who is his main opponent. And two of them, they're two great workers, and Cody's a great worker. I think they're going to put on some excellent matches. And it gives Cody something high-profile to do to establish himself in WWE before he goes for the big one. Uh, It gives them some time to cool off from Brock on the Roman Reigns side, gives them some time to establish Cody for the WWE fan who maybe didn't care about AEW. I think overall this is perfect timing. I love it. I'm great. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for WrestleMania Backlash, even though that's a bad name for a pay-per-view. Just all around, I'm here for it. Next up in the news, WWE announces a UK stadium show for September, September 3rd to be exact. Uh, This is a big deal, guys. If you weren't following it uh, before, if you haven't been keeping up with that particular news, it's a huge deal. It's the first UK stadium show since SummerSlam 92 at Wembley, which is a big show, as we all know. Uh, I think we're all excited for it. I think the UK fans are super excited for it. They don't get this very often, as we said. So congrats to them. I hope it's a great show. Uh, The first question that came to everyone's mind Uh, just because he was kind of part of the announcement, was Drew McIntyre. He helped get the word out by saying when he got won the title, he pushed hard for another UK stadium show. And I think that made a lot of people go, should Drew McIntyre be in contention for the title when WWE comes to the UK? I, for one, I really don't know. Because there's there's a lot of factors here. The first of them being, if the titles are unified and Roman Reigns is on such a tear... Whoever takes that belt off of him has to be the guy. And Drew McIntyre is fantastic. He was the guy for WWE for several months, especially in that early pandemic, uh, especially until Roman came back and started this incredible run. But I don't know if Drew is the guy to take it off. I know there's a lot of people who really want Cody Rhodes to be the guy. I know there's a lot of people who really want to see Bobby Lashley, other, you know, there's tons and tons of name and names. And now because they've unified the titles, everyone on the main roster, every man, we're not, I don't think WWE switching to intergender wrestling anytime soon. Every guy on the main roster could be the guy. Every guy that's still in NXT could be the guy. Braun Breaker 
doesn't seem like he's particularly long for the NXT world. You know, he could be the guy in 18 months. But that doesn't answer the question of what you do with the title at this UK event, uh, which is, has yet to have a publicly announced name as of my recording. So I have nothing else to call it other than UK Stadium Show 2022. If Drew isn't in title contention, there's a couple other things there. I think uh, Gunter, Walter, whatever you want to call him, is a fantastic choice, although I think running back that Finn Balor feud uh, that they were setting us up for in early 2020 that uh, unfortunately didn't happen due to the pandemic could be a great move there. Maybe Drew wins that Intercontinental belt, which is currently on Ricochet. I think that would be a fun match. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre might be might be fun. You've got a lot of time to turn either of them heel. Uh, although I think you're gonna have you're gonna have to have babyface Drew at the UK Stadium show. There's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, maybe Drew for the UK title against Ilya Dragunov, uh, which brings us to the interesting question: Is should NXT UK be showcased at this event? Should they have their own takeover? There are so many interesting directions that they could take this, and I'm just excited to see where it lands, what happens with it. All right, this is coming out Wednesday morning, so let's go ahead and take a preview at AEW Dynamite. It's a pretty packed Dynamite, and it may still have more matches added after I record this and before I release it. So let's just run through what we got here. We've got the Ring of Honor television title uh, on the line. Minoru Suzuki is the champion versus Samoa Joe. Uh, we're not calling matches here, but I think you got to give that belt to Joe. Let Suzuki go do his own thing. Uh, you know, I think it, I think that makes sense. I think especially in light of where ROH left off after Super, Super Card of Honor. If you want more of my thoughts on that, go back and listen to our first episode. Uh, other than that, we got the AEW World Tag Team titles, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. Uh, should be a good match. I have no clue what's actually going to happen with it. I feel like Jurassic Express still has a few defenses left in them. Maybe take those titles out to double or nothing. MJF versus Sean Dean. We're definitely getting uh, some Wardlow interference there like we have for the last couple of weeks. We got a tag match with Swerve and Keith Lee taking on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Always something interesting going on in that story. Uh, Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue. That's just going to be a generic squash match to set up Marina uh, as she goes to take on Jade Cargill for the TBS championship sometime in the near future. And then right before I recorded this, Tony Khan announced that CM Punk will be taking on Penta Oscuro uh, in what should just be another excellent match, another dream match of sorts. Uh, overall, I think Dynamite looks like it's a packed show. Should be an excellent kickoff to what they're calling their AEW Championship Week, which will be, of course, uh, Dynamite and then a live Rampage on Friday with a pre-taped Battle of the Belts 2 that will air on Saturday night. Which takes us into our next segment. Welcome to the final segment. This is kind of my big opinion piece, as we'll start calling it the final segment, the countout I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a crazy name for it at some point. AEW Championship Week. Good or bad? This kind of comes from 
a place this comes from a place of love. I don't want anyone to think that I'm anti AEW or pro anyone. I'm pro pro wrestling. I'm pro sports entertainment, whatever the hell you want to call it. I just kind of want to talk. I want to freely discuss my ideas about this AEW championship week and whether it makes sense to be doing it right now. You know, I think the first question is, and lots of people ask this question is, do title shots on quote unquote free TV. Of course it's cable television. You have to have a package. You have to have a cable package to get it or sling or Fubo or whatever the hell you want to watch it live. But does doing these title shots on free TV kill anticipation? And what I mean by that is when I watch a championship match, whether it's AEW, Raw, Impact, Ring of Honor, whoever, and it's on their weekly television show, I never feel like that person has a great chance of winning. I remember back in December, it was on Raw, Liv Morgan had a shot at Becky Lynch, and lots of people were like, oh, is tonight Liv Morgan? No, it's never, it's never going to be that night on Raw. I'm, and I'm sorry. And the difference between the WWE and AEW is that AEW has four pay-per-views to work with a year and then a bunch of special episodes of Dynamite and Rampage sprinkled in there. So I went ahead and I just went and counted. I looked at every time that title, the titles changed hands. So the AEW World Championship has changed hands on Dynamite once or on television once with a special episode of Dynamite, Winter is Coming 2020. We all remember that, the iconic Kenny Omega heel turn going to Impact, Don Callis that started his kind of his reign, that almost year-long reign on AEW. The TNT Championship definitely holds the most times to change hands on television, which makes sense. It's the TNT title. I like it. It's seven times. Uh, granted, a lot of those were hot-shotting it back to Cody Rhodes for some short reigns, but it worked. Uh, it's had more changes than anything else. The Women's Championship has changed hands on Dynamite twice. Uh, Nyla Rose won it on an episode of Dynamite, and St. Patrick's Day Slam was when Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker in that uh, cage match a couple weeks back. I'm not counting the inaugural episode of Dynamite being the crowning of the championship, not because it's not the title changing hands or a new reign starting, but because anytime you have an inaugural championship match, and I'll say this too for the tag team championships, anytime you have an inaugural championship match or the end of a tournament to find a champion, someone's winning that championship. That's just... So that anticipation is different than uh, a title defense, is what I should say. Uh, tag team championships have changed hands twice on television, and once again, the inaugural champion was crowned on Dynamite, so technically three, but two that matter for the sake of this argument. And then the TBS championship was, uh, its inaugural match was Jade Cargo winning it, uh, at the beginning of this year, and there's been no title changes since, which is fine. I think that works for that story. They're telling that story currently. That's not as important, but just for the sake of getting everything out there, I did check all of the titles. So, altogether, so that's seven, two is nine, 
two more. That's 11. And one for the AEW World Championship. So 12 times, 12 episodes of Dynamite out of however many, how, or 12 episodes of Dynamite and Rampage, however many they've done. And I think one Battle of the Belts, too. On those episodes of television, the titles have changed hands. Which means that all of those other title defenses, however many there have been, they have not. And that's fine. It's really not that big of a deal. But I do think that having lots of title shots on television and not having a surprise change every now and then can kill that anticipation because everyone is waiting for that next logical place to put it. Even when we went to Revolution with Britt versus Thunder Rosa, we all kind of knew that it wasn't happening happening at Revolution. We knew it was happening at St. Patrick's Day Slam in San Antonio. You know, there's just all these moments where AEW has kind of telegraphed where those title changes are going to happen. And so surprise, ti- surprise title changes have been few and far between. Uh, the one question I have to ask myself is, does adding the Ring of Honor titles to the roster make a difference? And kind of the the question there, because you have to consider some other things, is that other like unofficial titles like the FTW Championship and outside promotion belts have changed hands on Dynamite just about as often as the other ones have. You know, seems like. We've had two IWGP US championship bouts on uh, AEW television. One of those uh, Moxley retained. The other one Moxley did not. And I believe the one time I'm aware of that the AAA tag team belts were on the line on on AEW television was when FTR won them. So it really could go either way, depending on how Tony Khan views the Ring of Honor titles at the moment. Uh, I think it would be smart of him right now to use AEW television, AEW pay-per-views to continue the relevancy of those titles, at least until that new Ring of Honor deal is worked out and we've, they've got a weekly setup. I think it makes sense. But that being said, uh, the next thing people are going to say is that I'm advocating for hot-shotting the title or that I don't think that, you know, I don't like long-term storytelling or things like that. I don't want that to be the case here. I think there's, there are excellent times to move those belts, but I do wonder how much, how effective a championship week event. So to what, as they're kind of calling it on their social media, on their advertising for this, how much that actually matters to people. Do I think it's actually? Do I think that any titles are going to change hands this week? And I think the answer is no. Which is unless they really surprise us on Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday. I think we're. I don't think that anything's going to be different in AEW come next week. Come the next time we're talking about it, and I hope to be wrong when I follow up about this next week. But other than that Ring of Honor television championship, which I'm almost certain is going to Samoa Joe. I don't see any other titles changing hands. I don't see that Texas death match going in Adam Cole's favor. I don't see that women's world championship match at battle of the belts going in Nyla Rose's favor. Not to mention we've only announced one match <laughs> for the damn battle of the belts, which it just feels weird. It feels 
like a none of the titles are ready to change hands, so any title that changes hands is going to be a surprise change. But also, I feel like we've had no build to any of these matches. It feels like we're doing it because we're contractually obligated to, which may be the case. But if they move, if they add Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir or Scorpio Sky versus Sammy Guevara, I don't feel like. I mean. Marina Shafir versus Jade Cargill is just another notch in Jade's belt. Let's be very clear about what that is going to be. Jade's not losing to Marina Shafir. And Scorpio Sky versus Sammy Guevara, as obnoxious as I find <laughs> Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti coming out and berating American top team. It's just, it's too, it's, uh, I was trying to think of what to call it. It's, it's just, it's the two most annoying <laughs> forces in the world. Dan Lambert versus that couple from high school that can't stop talking about how much sex they have, just yelling at each other, whining at each other. I really don't like that feud, but I feel like it has a lot more room before it gets to its natural conclusion. It doesn't feel like it's time for Scorpio Sky to end that undefeated streak. So, I and I really doubt they add a tag title match or another world title match when they've already done both of those this week. So what do we see? Do we see... We maybe see Deanna Perazzo versus Mercedes Martinez for that ROH Women's Championship, that unification there. Do we see Wheeler Yuta take on someone for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship? Like, there's options, but none of them feel earned. Uh, and that's kind of my issue with the with this championship week. I... I like the idea of a championship week, but it, it it has to feel earned. It has to feel like it is the end of some of these stories. And I feel like most of these reigns are just ramping up. So overall, it's an idea that could work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock the idea again, but I don't think it's working out for AEW this time. I don't think the anticipation is there. Everyone's excited for these for some of these dream matches, like Suzuki versus Show, like this death match. There's things to be excited about, but I would honestly say I'm more excited about Penta Oscuro versus CM Punk, and there's no gold on the line there at all. But hey, that's that's just my opinion. That's just where I'm at with it. I don't really have any way to end that segment, but that is our final segment for the show. Little bonus segment. Uh, my friend Wendy asked on Twitter what kind of cloud shapes I would like to see, and I would tell her that I want to see a cloud that looks like Optimus Prime. I want to see one that looks like Optimus Prime as a robot, and I want to see one that looks like him as a semi truck. So, thank you, Wendy, for asking for some fantastic content on this episode. Thank you guys for listening to this. Thank you for listening to the first episode. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go back. It's still pretty fresh. We will be back here next week. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for listening to Untitled. We'll be back next week. Media.